It's one of the greatest promos in professional wrestling history. It's one of the things that people remember Chris Jericho for when he was Lionheart. It's one of the things that people remember from 20 years ago, if not more, on Monday Nitro. It was the list of a thousand and four holds, where every third or fourth one was armbar. And tonight, for the first time ever, he got a callback to it, and I fucking loved it. Moxley. The lexicon of Le Champion. <laughs> you know, and the, the funny thing is, is that you mentioned one of the greatest promos of all time. Um, and you said tonight was kind of a recap of that. And while I agree that um, Jericho's promo was top-notch, and I loved the Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy um, portions of that, I think Cody won the promo battle tonight. Oh, yeah, he probably did. It, it's simply the fact that it's a great callback, I thought, to... You know, the to the list of a thousand and four, the man of a thousand and four holds. Right. Yeah. And with every other one being arm bar, this time we got every, and he, and the way he emphasized the Moxley, you knew he was doing that purposely just to, uh, um, make sure people call back. Right. Uh, when he when he got into I will not wrestle uh, Scorpio Sky. I will not wrestle Too Cold Scorpio or any member of the Scorpions yeah. and John Moxley. It just I was I was on my I was literally on the floor laughing. That was that was such a great callback to that promo. I loved the way that um, the I, I, will not, I will not wrestle Dar Darby <laughs> Allen. I will not wrestle Allen Jones. Uh, I will not wrestle Gary Allen. Or right. Kenny Allen, Kenny Chesney, <laughs> or <Yeah>. Moxley. <laughs> and then um, when when Lucha Lucha or um, Jurassic Express came out, yep. and you had just that huge, and everybody, of course, going for Luchasaurus, and he said, I won't wrestle, uh, I'm not wrestling dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. And to have Luchasaurus go off on his master's degree in, in um, prehistoric history and, and call out what he did, was just a grunt for it just not even if you understand what about it was just kind of that great moment where he got his little one-liner of his intelligence in and and i perfectly in this spot um on dynamite i think it's too soon for him simply because he's been off tv other than a, you know the last couple of weeks so i, I was i thought um if, there, if one of those three guys that J jack perry was the right guy well, and not only that, but he is actually positioned just because of his ability and his size to be a legitimate threat and be an AEW champion sometime soon. Uh, and if you throw him to the wolves right now, you ruin any chance of him being champion anytime in the next two years. I mean, that's the position we're in with Adam Page. It's uh, Hangman is has the ability, has the size, has the crowd support to be that champion, but because he lost Jericho the way that he did, it's a good two years before he's going to be a legitimate threat. And if you put and if you feed Luchasaurus at this point to the Wolves, it's going to be a while before he is, too. I mean, right now, with Cody kind of pulling back, MJF doing his thing, um, We've only really got one legitimate contender because Kenny is 
Kenny and Pac are kind of not they they keep trading wins and you know Pac losing the page and and Omega and his struggles they're not outside of Moxley there's nobody else that's a legitimate contender so we can't keep Jericho as the champion for much longer cuz as much as great as he is as it unless he can figure out how to be that Rick Flair character uh, you know, in the once once Flair hit forty and was, um, you know, still the champion in in WCW, unless they can figure out a way to continue to keep Jericho as a champion because of underhanded things like that, his time is is coming pretty soon. Well, and right kind of now, have been doing actually. Right, and, but right now there is nobody else other than Moxley that is a legitimate guy. That's believable. I mean, unless you, if you're a history buff, if you've been following these guys for years, yeah, okay. If, if Omega gets the title, I, I'm fine with that, you know. But as far as the storylines that AEW is telling, there's nobody other than Moxley right now. Uh, no, I think there's two. I think it's Moxley and Pac. You think Pac? Yeah. With, with his loss, with the losses that he had, his loss to Kenny Omega, who's been struggling, his loss to pay, his losses to Paige, who is not that upper echelon guy that he was, you know, three four months ago. That's right. He did. Do you really Omega. think he did, I forgot he lost to Omega, but but I mean, those are his only losses are are to top five guys, you know. But ta- the two of those. His two losses are to guys that are not, they don't have the steam that they should have. They don't have that number one contender steam. Does anybody other than Jericho and Moxley have that kind of steam right now? That's what I was just saying. They need that, and that's why I'm glad they're not feeding Luchasaurus to the Wolves right now because he's a guy who is gaining that momentum and a guy who could legitimately be there within the next next pay-per-view. I mean, right now they're they're the next pay per view is clearly Moxley versus Jericho. I can't imagine them giving that away. I mean, they've done dumber things. You know, wrestling has done things, but I can't imagine them that away for free. Moneymaker, really, the only two people that have any steam. Continue with Luchasaurus the way that they are. I can easily see him the champion by the middle of next summer. Or, you know, by next summer. I could see Luchasaurus being their champion by a, around WrestleMania season and be a, a legitimate threat and be somebody that people look at as like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see that. Okay, if so they continue. They have to be able to continue the way they are, though, to do that. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at the rankings right now. So Moxie's number one. Moxie's number two. He's only eight, so, I mean, that's, that's an awesome record. Um, but the fact that he's lost the people he did is the problem. Well, one of the guys he lost to is number three, and there and he's one and one against him, and that's Omega. Right. Um, and then Cody's number four, and MJF is number five. Um, I don't, I don't buy MJF being number five simply because he's only he's only had three singles matches. He's two and one. Um, and then Cody is number four. I don't get because. How can he be a top? He's not allowed to challenge. He can't wrestle for the championship. Right. Exactly. So I mean, you're looking at the problem that the, that AEW has created by kind of punking out um, 
page the way they did, kind of uh, going on this ridiculous losing streak, and then, oh, it's because of Pac that he's had this losing streak with Omega. And then, you know, having Pac lose to these two guys who are in questionable storylines with their win-loss record and their confidence. You, you've turned the top, and then, you know, having Cody there and MJF there. MJF has had one one singles match. He hasn't even had a tag team match since uh, in, in the last months. So, you know, he doesn't deserve to be there. Cody doesn't because Cody, you know, gave up his right to ever have that chance again. And then the next, you know, Paige is what, I think, was Paige like number seven or eight? I'm only looking at the top five right now, so I'm not sure. But and then you had you had Omega who for the last nothing they've been running this whole question is he has he lost his step what's his you know psychology problem and all this stuff and then you know Pac who's lost to Paige who has no momentum and Kenny who's been though outside of you know that leaves two guys left as legitimate threats to be the champion and believable champions i just think if they were to pull i i think it and as 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 great as you and i think pack is as great as the wrestling community thinks they are the people that have followed them and and you know followed pack followed omega followed page followed um you know mjf as great as we think they are in aew they've not proven themselves and I think that's where they've kind of AEW has painted themselves in a corner by taking, you know, four of their five, top five guys and kind of run them into the ground a little bit. I don't know, man. I mean, Pack is four, two, and one, and his two losses are to Omega, who's number three this week, and Paige, who's number four last week. So I, I think him, I think the record, and then Omega, no, it, four, and Omega's four, two, and one of those losses is to Pack. And the other loss is to is to the champion Jericho. So I mean, I, and the, and then MJF is the one that I have a problem with in the top five, other than Cody, simply because you know MJF. Yeah, I think we actually it says he's two and one, but I don't think he's actually been pinned yet. Right? He was in that. Well, yeah, his was, loss was, was that, that triple threat week. match. Well, the first, when um, when when Page pinned Havoc, right? You're right, and that's one of his wins was that um triple threat match where he didn't he didn't factor into the pin well no he's gonna there was a triple what triple threat match was he in that was the one on fight for the fallen with him mjf and or him uh oh god i can't it was uh you're talking about you're talking about the six-man tag yeah with him spears and another guy was where darby allen kind of messed everything up yeah that, well that's why his overall record is three and one because he, he was on the winning team that one but I, but I'm right. saying what I'm saying though is his singles matches were beating Brandon. He's Cutler. one and oh. He beat Brandon Cutler, and then he beat Hangman Page. So, you know, those two to me kind of watch each other out, and I don't and I don't understand. Did why he beat a, a number five ranking? You know. Did he beat Page in one on one? Last week. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Ring okay. thing. Yep. But that yeah, you're right. Okay, I totally forgot about that one. But one of you know was a two minute jobber match. Yeah. The other one was, I guess, technically a big match over Page for that diamond, but diamond ring. But I don't know. It's it's it just it just seems weird to me. I, I think you but, may have a problem with some with these rankings every week. But 
Well, yeah, and I just think I think the reason why I'm having such a problem with it is because they've painted themselves into a corner the way they've treated those top guys. You know, if you want Pack to be the number three guy, maybe have him get a win over somebody that's not currently struggling. If you want Omega to be that number four guy, let's not pump up the fact that he's struggling when in reality his record is a winning record. But yet they kept pumping up the fact that, oh, he's struggling, he's struggling. He lost to Jericho. That was his only real significant loss until his loss to Moxley, and he had that one against Pac. So he's lost matches. But even if you look at the one against Moxley, he's lost three matches to the top three guys. He's won everything else he's done. Tag matches, you know, his singles matches, uh, everything he's done, he's won. But yet they tried to storyline about how he he's lost his confidence. Well, even though he has won those matches, the fact verbally running him down on TV down his in, in because of perception, they're looking at him going, "Oh, he's struggling. He's struggling. You know, he's struggling. Not a winning record. He's only really lost two matches." But yet they keep saying he's struggling. So I, I think the the commentary they did with that, I think that one bad decision on his part at the end of uh, his title match kind of shoved him. Because if you look at Paige, he's got a winning record too. He's popular people on the tour. He's really only got that, that one very decision against Jericho on his record. And then you can see he's... Um, not winning really dude look at your record since you've been in AEW. in record you've beat your biggest nemesis in pack you beat everybody you've been in tag teams uh battle royals literally everything he's been a part of he's won but because of that one bad decision and they trade him on it look at him like oh okay well he's not he's not that big of a deal when in reality, if they would ignore those things and actually pump up been probably one of the winningest guys on the roster, he is a legitimate top five contender. He's won two battle royals. He's beaten everybody he's been in the ring with except for Jericho. And he's still looked at as a loser. It doesn't make sense to me. You know what I just realized? You know, What's I, was, that? I was wondering why I had so little energy about today's episode of Dynamite, but I think it's because most of my favorite guys weren't even on there. You know, Gowan wasn't on there, Page wasn't on there, Omega wasn't on there, um, Private Party wasn't on there, Pac wasn't well, on there. Well, not just that, but outside of those first two matches and the two big promos, this was a throwaway episode. Even the main event was a letdown. Oh, definitely was, I'm, but I'm saying, you know, I think that, there, the, you know, and, and I think Paige, you know, you talked about how, we, how he's becoming popular and heating up. Well, this was not the time to have him not be on the show. Exactly, and I, I think the the fact that Darby Allen wasn't out there, even in a promo setting, you know, they this would have been a good time for maybe, even during a commercial break, if they've done, if they'd done some kind of little backstage segment or some, not a backstage segment, because I hate those, but... Um, I hate those when they're in a commercial break, but if they had done during a commercial break, say they throw a little 
pre uh pre-done promo about darby allen where you're just even watching him while the commercials are going skateboarding and and doing his biggest moves would have done so much for him and it would have been a throwaway segment that they wouldn't have had to spend a whole lot of time on it would have just been okay we're watching on the side on the side screen we're watching darby allen do his coffin drops through a barrel and and you know his we see him in some you know big movie ad against Cody. We see him in some big movie ad against Jericho and Moxley, and you know you you just see that image in the side of your eyes while you're watching, you know while the commercials on would have done so much for a guy like that, and that's kind of what I've been saying since since day one. I wish that if they're going to do these split screens, I wish if they're going to do these commercial breaks and stuff that they do them right. And to do them right, you could do just a little, a little segment that just shows one of your, one of the top guys that you're trying to pump up and make a big deal. Show some of his biggest moves during that commercial break. Yeah, because that gets at that subliminal thing in the back of your mind, going, "Holy shit, Darby Allen is really cool." Speaking of vignettes like that. I really wish they had done the Stark Order stuff before debuting them. Right? Yeah, these, I agree. These, these, these Stark Order like vignettes are doing about people joining them and seeing like their organization rise and, and all this kind of stuff. It's it's really cool, and it kind of gives you a better idea of what they're supposed to be. And maybe they didn't even maybe they didn't even know what they were supposed to be when they first brought them in. But I mean, I, I really like what they're doing now with them. I just wish that I didn't already feel like they're jobbers before they're before they're showing this stuff. Yeah, if they if they had done this instead of that little attack with the Super Smash Brothers when we didn't know what their name was and nobody really knew who they were, um, I if they'd done these vignettes instead, I think it would have made so much more sense when they finally debuted, and they would have been. I agree with you; they would have been a much much bigger deal. I'll even go one step further than that. I'll, I'll say that if they and the Blade and the Butcher tra- have traded places, I think both teams would be better off. Like, if Blade and Butcher had come in, they had been the ones who attacked best friends. You know, no, we still wouldn't have known who they were. You know, you and I would have been in the dark as, as everybody else. But now they'd be better positioned right now than they are. Than they are. And, then if, and then if Dark Order had been the ones who attacked Cody last week, after, after all these weeks of promos, again, they're in a great position. Right, exactly. You know, you can't, you can't debut unknown people. They, I think... I think they're one thing about AEW is they've relied on the wrestling internet wrestling community and the people that are smart fans to know who a lot of these people are. And I think they're still relying on that, but now they're relying on that with kind of unknown entities. They did it with the Super Smash Brothers. They're doing it with this new Alley Bunny thing and Blade and you know and and that stuff. It's, it's like, unless you've watched these guys in their, and Cody, it, it was sad that Cody actually had to bring up their other stuff to get people to go, oh, okay, maybe I should go look them up. They shouldn't have had to do that. They should have positioned these guys right to begin with. And, and I just feel like they didn't. But I mean, enough complaining. Let's let's talk about uh, the good of the show. I felt like that first match was amazing. That triple threat between the th- uh, you know the Bucks and Dustin and and uh, 
PNP and Guevara was just an absolutely amazing match. Might be one of my top. Go ahead. I I was going to say, I was actually just going to say the same thing. it, It seems like it's one of my top matches of the year, but we say this every single week. AEW, I'll give them credit. They come out the door swinging every single week. That's not they what have. <laughs> oh, it wasn't. I mean, I. Yeah. It, it just to me, it feels like they put their best match on to start every show. Yeah, and I felt like they hit the home run most, again. This most exciting match. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Um, I mean, we had two weeks ago. We or la- was it last week or was it two weeks ago? We had the Phoenix versus Hardy match. That was last week or. Two weeks, two weeks ago. ago, but it was Phoenix versus Nick Jackson, not Jeff Hardy. That's right. Oh, Jesus! Both you and I get that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, no, cut I, your, no, or, I, no I, I never say I never say Hardy, but I, I do say Jeff occasionally. You, you say you, Jeff. You, yeah. You literally said Hardy. I mean, it, it, at this point, Nick, you need to cut your hair. You need to change your look. I don't know. You need to separate yourself from Jeff Hardy because it's starting to become a problem for us. I'm just saying. I love you, Nick, but. I'm just saying. Um, what I was going to say is, it feels like we say this every time he wrestles, but um, if there's people out there that don't realize how great Dustin Rhodes is at this point in his career, they really need to get on board. Um, and the fact that he's almost 50 and still this good. I know. I was thinking, you know, you and I have talked about and... Excalibur has said on commentary about, you know, how Frankie Kazarian is like Benjamin Button. And looks-wise and build-wise, he is. But when it comes to professional wrestling, it's Dustin Rhodes as Benjamin Button. The thing about Dustin Rhodes um, that wasn't... This was a perfect example of what Dustin is. He was able to bring every aspect of wrestling into this. He was high-flying. He changed up his character with the whole tassels and all that stuff. He did his callbacks to his glory days. He was uh, you know, fast, and he was um, powerful because he was able to hit the power moves and everything. But he was also able to mix in the comedy. He hit literally every aspect of wrestling that you look for especially in a guy in his age when he threw the brakes on and credit to Sammy Guevara too, because when he threw the brakes on Guevara and Guevara was just standing there while he's trying to take a breather, selling his age and everything, that was just a brilliant spot. And it was perfectly done. It was done in the right spot of the match. It made everybody come out of it. Even, even looking even better. And by that, I mean, Guevara and Dustin, it was just a well done moment. It was, I, but but I sat there thinking, okay, Sammy, why are you yelling at the referee instead of just attacking him? <laughs> because I, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I love it was I love, his, I love the stop his... sign thing, and I love that that Sammy kind of paused there, but I, but I, I think he, but I think you know, if if it were, I think you know, a real, I think maybe it's an experience. It would be a good excuse, but I mean, I would think that you would kind of stop and go, why am I stopping and just attack the guy? You know. Right, exactly. And he kind of did that, but it took a little longer than you would think it would. But you're right. He kind of did that where he was like, all of a sudden, he's like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Um, it, that, it, to me, that was just a fun spot. And it was not just a fun spot, but it was really, really well done. And then it kind of got ruined by Sammy vlogging and then doing that shooting star press on nobody. 
No, I did, it didn't get ruined by that because of what happened right after that, which is the vlog, which is Dustin taking his vlog and then doing that that double super kick with the um, with the shattered dreams or what do yeah. they call it now? The unnatural kick. That's what it was. The unnatural kick. Yeah, all at the same time. Yeah. But um, to the rest of us, it's shattered dreams. And you know the stop sign thing reminded me. Have you have you ever watched any young Kenny Omega matches? Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because one of his trademark moves used to be a stop sign in Zagiri, where he would, where the guy would be running the rope off the ropes and would be coming back, and and Kenny would just like s- s- pause with one foot in front of him and go stop with the one hand held out like like he was a traffic cop, and then he would in Zagiri right. the guy in the head. <laughs> yeah, and that, I, and that, that, and that was to, just, that was just always just great. To me, that was just it was another one of those just really cool moments that I hoped doesn't get the run that i'm afraid it's going to because i think it's going to be one of those where most people are talking about how hokey it was and how you know stupid comedy and all that stuff but i just felt like both those guys played that out so well that it, it needs to get the credit for what it was it was a great moment in the middle of what was a really high high action fast paced match yeah. And it was just a great moment that got the crowd, you know, kind of lighthearted and realizing, yeah, this is fun. This is, you know, this is fun. It's not just, it's not just all about who's going to, it's fun. You know, and that's what, when you look at Sammy Guevara and his matches with his vlogging and all that stuff, that's kind of what he tries to do too. He just doesn't do it to the perfection that Dustin was able to. Right. And that's you know experience, and and it was, it was nice that it was Dustin being able to do that to um, Sammy because Sammy tries to do that in every one of his matches where he gets that little comedy spot in there, um, and for Dustin to be able to do it, it was kind of like the the old guy showing the young guy how to do it. It just to me, it was just it was a great moment. I, it was one of my favorite spots of the entire night. The only, the only thing I'm going to say, the only bad thing I'm going to say about this match is the. Is Dustin's kick out after getting hit with the... Uh, that is 6.30? With, well, first with the slapjack and then with the 6.30, I thought was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, when, I thought... when, it's a, when it's a six-man tag match and you've got two other guys there that can break it up and you hit a big spot like that, that's really the way it should happen, not with a kick out. I think the 6.30, that was... That did more... And as soon as he kicked out, I went, oh, damn it. Because it it just took Sammy and everything Sammy's been working for for months and months and years. It just kind of it 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 was like, and I you know I'm going to call back to it again. But the um, Adam Page when Jericho kicked out, it just did so much to hurt Page that I felt like this was kind of the same thing where Dustin kicks out of this. This is a 50 year old man who just got hit with a 6:30 that has put away guys half his age, and he's able to kick out. Well, that's what, I was, that's what I didn't know. I didn't know if that was actually Sammy's finisher or not. It was. It is on the indies, and it was not AAA. Okay. I've seen him use that as a finisher a lot, and um, you know, he's always been the six thirty has always been, kind of been his his signature, his the the big move that he does to put away matches, and to see Dustin kick out of it was really painful. Yeah, see, if that's the case, then, yeah, there's no way Dustin should have kicked out of that. It should have been, like, and I know Matt had just gotten knocked out, so it should have been, like, Jeff pulling, um, go, go, pulling Guevara Jeff or Nick. The outside or something. Nick, I'm sorry. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> see, here we go again. <laughs> Cut your hair or something, Nick. Jesus. <laughs> well, the I, funny thing is that, it, that his hair is getting, 
uh, darker now. So there's times when he gets tagged yep. in, and I, and I think it's that I think it's Matt getting tagged in. <laughs> you know, and to be honest, it's credit that we're giving him that kind of, uh, you know, that we make that kind of mistake that he is that he's that similar to Jeff Hardy because Jeff is, let's face it, one of the all-time greats. Yeah, he's a guy who's a few Shawn Michaels, I guess. Exactly. But <laughs> even that would be Hardy. a credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we were calling him Matt Hardy, that would be a problem. No, I'm, no, I'm saying if we, did, if we were calling Matt Marty, that would be a problem. Yeah, that would be a problem too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. But I mean, just, <laughs> It, I mean, give it, if we keep making that mistake, but it's kind of a great thing because we're comparing him to one of the greatest of all time. Right. Um, what was the second match you said that you liked? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, was that, was that the, Breda uh, versus Phoenix. Trent yeah, versus was, Phoenix. Yeah, that was really good, too. Yeah. The uh, the thing, too, that, and I'm going to say it here, there were a couple of things that Jim Ross said where I went, all right, I love you now. When he was talking about Guevara, coming when he was coming down to the ring, talking about how, you know, he's the Spanish god and, and all that stuff, and that's stupid. But this kid is a future superstar, and sooner than later, you know, it was it was kind of nice to see a guy of Jim Ross's stature, even though the the smart fans kind of hate this guy and, and think that he does he's doesn't know what he's doing. To for a guy like Jim Ross to the casual fan to give Stan, Sammy Guevara that kind of stamp of approval is going to do more for Sammy Guevara's career than the matches he puts on. So I thought that was kind of a, just a cool little throwaway moment. And also when he started um, talking about Trent back in his WWE days, you know, as Beretta and being a singles wrestler, I thought that was a cool kind of backhanded compliment that was a callback to a different time, but one that, if you understood what he was saying, was a great, great way to put Trent over. Those were two two spots that Jim Ross did this week that I was like, okay, Jim, I like you now. I guess I didn't hear those things because I mean I did hear him talk about Eddie about you know comparing um, Guevara to Guerrero again, but yeah, but really, I I was not a fan of Jim Ross on commentary at all this week. I, I can't point out anything in particular that was worse than anything else he's ever done. I just, I'm just so tired of him. He, he He's better in and ma- than he was in NJPW. I'll give him that. But, oh, yeah, much better. But no, and, and I don't think I don't think he should be the lead commentator. I think maybe Tony Schiavone should be, because I think Tony does still have those skills, or give that to Excalibur and let Ross and Schiavone be the play-by-play guys. But I'll give Jim credit where credit is due, because I felt like those two moments that he did – was the best I've seen him put over a wrestler in since he left WWE in, in the early 2000s. Even his second run in WWE, he was he didn't put over wrestlers like he did tonight. I just I felt like it was it was a good moment by him. You know, actually, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say there are there are a couple of things I can point out that I thought was ridiculous. One of them one of them he did the same thing last week, and maybe he's been doing it. I just haven't noticed in the last couple of weeks. But um, when he's when he was talking about how he how T and Tony just had podcasts come out. I mean, that's to me that's oh, yeah, kind of that feeling w- is just unprofessional and ridiculous. Um, yeah, that was a little too much for me too. And then the second thing was he said something about I can't remember what he said, but he said he didn't want, he didn't want to say it because he didn't want to get it wrong and have people on Twitter complain about him. Well, Ross, if you weren't always making stupid mistakes, people wouldn't be wouldn't be people. complaining about about you on Twitter. So maybe you should take some ownership of that. 
and pay attention to what the hell you're saying and not getting shit wrong, and then you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. That does make sense. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I, I, do, I do agree with that. Yeah, that just, that just kind of drove me nuts. The other, I mean, and then we had that, uh, the only other two things that really stuck out tonight, the rest I thought was kind of throwaway. Like, I was not a fan of that first women's match, or the Nyla Rhodes versus whoever she was wrestling, and then that no-name, yeah, and then that no-name, well, the librarian, I mean, anytime they're on, I just, I give up. They've ruined Peter Avalon to a point where he's, I don't think he'll come back in AEW. And Leva Bates has never been a, I mean, it's what, her second match in AEW? And then to have. I think it was her first on Dynamite. But no, she's had had other matches on Dark. Oh, okay. And then her, and then to have this no name Jennifer or Jessica or whatever, that blonde who at first I thought was Penelope Ford and then turned out it wasn't. Um, to have her come down and and fight Nyla, but then get destroyed by Nyla, and then for some reason Nyla got suspended because what the hell happened? Seriously, what what happened? Um, Nyla was suspended for putting the referee through the table. Seriously? Yeah. So where's the precedent in that? How come people? How come people aren't getting suspended for pulling uh, referees in the line of fire and getting them knocked out, or flat out kicking referees? If we're going to suspend Nyla Rhodes for putting a referee through a table, why don't we suspend everybody that puts a referee in danger? Was it a couple weeks ago when somebody flat out punched the referee in the face? Did they? I, it was one of the shows we watched. I don't know. Sometimes they run together, but it was. I, I know there was. It, it was on one, maybe it was a different show than AEW, and maybe I should research it and we'll talk about it Monday. But there was something where a referee just got pummeled by a wrestler, and then the rest, oh, it was it was MLW. When uh, um, Lawler turned on Ross. Oh, yeah, I still haven't seen that yet. When Fatu literally took out the referee, like, Threw him into the corner, splashed him, did the whole thing. <clears throat> I'm just saying, if we're going to suspend, you can't, you can't really <laughs> blame right and, and, for something that happened in another, another promotion. No, I yeah, I get it. And and now that I you know now that I remember where it was, I kind of, I'm retracting that statement. Okay, good. Good job, good job with that. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just I just thought it was kind of funny. Um. Yeah, the the whole Nyla Rose thing, it's kind of weird because, you know, I was such a big fan of her, and now I think I realize that I was kind of a, a fan of the idea of her, you know, not really what she's actually done. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit depressing because I, you know, because I was such a big fan of, or I thought I was going to be a big fan of her, but I have not really been a fan of anything that she's done to this point, or how she's been booked, or any of that stuff. So, you know, t- and tonight, tonight could have been, you know, could have been different, but it, but... You know, it just didn't work out that way because instead of her just punking out um, Leva Bate and then taking out the referee, nope, instead they had to have, you know, this other chick come down and get involved in it as well. 
And, and not only all, that, but then also, to have... She just looked like she was going through the motions the entire time. She looked so sloppy out there and and uh, meth- and methodical, and I just couldn't get behind it. I mean, she she's not the beast that I thought she was going to be. Well, and it wasn't just that, but she took this new wrestler who we don't know, mm-hmm. who is out there making a stand against Nyla Rose and actually putting up a decent fight, and then she punks out this new wrestler too. So not not only did she you know beat up a referee and and kind of punk out uh, you know Leva Bates again, but then she takes this brand new person that we don't know that maybe could be something special, but now I don't care because Nyla Rose just beat the shit out of her. Yeah, this the, the one that went out there that was out there is her name is Shanna, and she actually beat Big Swole on last week's uh, or a couple couple weeks ago at least. Um, on dark right so if you're not watching dark you have no clue who the hell she is exactly which which i'm not doing i'm not watching dark because i just can't fit it into my schedule i have them all all queued up eventually i'm gonna sit down and just binge them all one day but if you're not watching their secondary shows you have no clue who this person is again we've got another person that they could be building up that just got buried by a main roster person Right. I mean, I've only really watched Dark, like the first couple episodes I watched the, most of him, and then I watched the one I was talking about simply because it had that triple threat match, or that uh, triple A title match on it. Where's Jackie? Yeah, and see, I've got... Kenny Omega, so... And see, I've got all of these on my queue is, okay, i got to watch this match, i got to watch this match, but I just can't find the time. I can barely find the time to keep up on the shows that we watch. Right. And, but and then and then you but I, you know I thought I thought the second women's match was pretty good. Um, the match itself was good. Yeah. My problem was the ending. Like I had no with, problem with, with, with and I can't coming out. Yeah, I have no problem. In fact, God, I really like the fact. Oh yeah, she did. Oh my god. But I had no problem with uh, the the and I can't remember her name, but the New Zealand she's from New Zealand, right? Oh. Or Austria. I, I don't remember. The, whoever the blonde chick was, I have no problem with her actually winning the match. Kantanabi, or I, I can't remember. But the way that Kong and Brandy came out, and you know they're like trying to recruit her, and then some weird chick from the audience starts saying, yeah, recruit me, I love you guys. And then they bring this weird chick in. That would have been a good moment for the weird chick to attack the blonde that just won the match. Instead, the person that won the match kind of sneaks away off to the outside and they just cut her hair off. Yeah. What? What 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 did I just see? So now we just have a bald follower. You know, you had a moment to put this chick over and instead you just shaved her head. Yeah, that's a fair point. I had kind of a misstep, that, but yeah, but yeah it, it definitely is a fair point. Because um, yeah. it, it would have made it would have made a lot of sense if this chick would have said, "Hey, I want to follow you guys. I love you guys. Yeah, pick me, pick me, pick me." And if they came up and they cut that little lock of her hair off, and then she went in and just beat the hell out of the whoever just won this match. Now we've got a legitimate star and somebody who's part of this nightmare collective or whatever they're doing, and it would have made sense. It would have had. You know, Brandy in charge of these two really powerful people. Instead, we have Awesome Kong and a bald chick. 
that never that never has done anything except be weird from the crowd. Yeah, that is another excellent point. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> just no, my feelings. Sorry, nothing to be sorry about. I just, you know, I didn't, nothing I thought about that deeply about yeah, but yeah, I think I think that you know you're totally right about that, um, and I have no idea who that chick was either. So. Yeah, they they did they did nothing to establish her. She's just a bald chick now. A weird bald chick that came in from the crowd. That's all she is. They had a chance to put her over, instead they shaved her head. Yeah, but we we'll see if, they, if there's a, if there's follow up on that and we and we find out who she is eventually and maybe maybe she'll end up being great, who knows. But even still at this point it's going to take a lot for me to actually care cuz right now I just know her as some bald chick from the audience that was acting really weird. She had a chance to make a statement. Instead, she got her head shaved. Was her head completely shaved? I thought they only cut a part of it. Or did they finish it during the, the commercial break or something? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just... But to be fair, you know, you didn't I, know who Priscilla Kelly was two weeks ago, and now you're pretty, you're pretty enthused with her. Yeah, but Priscilla Kelly made a statement. She beat the hell out of an announcer. She, you know, beat up people in the ring. Don't she you, you made don't think this coming out there and having your head shaved is making a statement. No. Didn't that one chick? Remind- that CM, didn't that one chick do that with CM Punk? Yeah, but that one chick with CM Punk actually was something known. Like it wasn't just her being a follower from the crowd. She had an actual wrestling career and came out and joined the Straight Edge Society and, and got her head shaved because of it. This was just some weird chick in the crowd screaming, "I love you guys." Maybe I'm I mean, clearly, but I, but I thought, but I thought that the way that whoever the hell that was that joined um, CM Punk's band was was came out directly from the crowd to do that. I, I didn't I didn't it's, think she was established as a wrestler before that. I it, that was ten years ago, so it's possible I could be mis you know, misinterpreting it. But even still, whatever happened to her? After well, CM remember, Punk joined the I'm new trying Nexus. I can't remember who she was because so I can't really answer that. I exactly. After CM Punk leaves them, Luke Gallows goes to Japan um, CM Punk goes and he's the new leader of the new Nexus and this chick just disappeared. Well, that's all because WWE was too stupid to keep it going. Yeah, true, but... Because that was an awesome stable. Oh, it was. It was one of my favorites. Uh, but outside of you know those first two matches, Cody, his interview... I felt like he kind of was an ass bag and distanced himself more from the elite than Page than Adam Page did. When he's saying all these guys I've counted on, my wife is cutting the hair off of of losers in this division, and and you know my brother and my two best friends are off doing their own thing in some blood feud against uh, you know against the inner circle, and and uh, you know MJF stabbed me in the back. He just literally put himself on an island. I loved his interview. I loved the how passionate he was. I loved the fact that he took his hey I'm you know because. Even though there's four executive producers or executive uh, officers, whatever they are, of AEW, Cody is the one who gets the most love for being the mind behind AEW and all this stuff. Even though 
he was the one in reality who hemmed and hawed about it the most. The Bucks and Omega, they were all in. They wanted to do this. They're the ones that were the driving force. They had to convince Cody to come and be a part of it because he didn't really want to. And But he's the one who, since day one, has gotten all the love. And I love the I, I really love the fact that he went out there and he played up that part as being this big shot. You know, giving away the money to that kid and, and throwing it to MJF, taking off his Tony Khan watch and his expensive shoes and his his whatever that vehicle was. Um that it was a Ford Black Ops. <laughs> I had never heard of it, so I had to look it up to see what it was. <laughs> I yeah I'd never heard of it either, so I didn't look it up. But <laughs> you know, it <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I, I didn't care that I didn't care that much, especially after Jim Ross made some joke about how he used to drive one. I was like, oh, whatever. Um, it, it I I thought it was a great promo by him. I just I don't know where it's going because he really kind of alienated himself from everybody. He put himself on an island and used his position in the company to do it. So I, I really want to see where it goes. I thought it was a great promo. It was really intense. It was really, um, it really kind of set up the future. It set up this little blood feud with uh, MJF. Even though there already was one, this kind of set it up more. There was a lot going on in the promo. He was burying his friends and at the same time, he was uh, putting over over MJF, and he was, you know, it, it, it was just it was great listening to him talk and everything he said and everything he did. Um, I thought it was amazing. Um, I need I'll to see where it goes, though. I'll go even a step further in what you in what you were saying, and, and that is that, you know, a couple of, you know a few weeks ago, or I shouldn't say, well, I can't remember exactly when it was, but like a couple of weeks before All Out, or not All Out. Um, Full gear. There was that spot where you know it looked like you know Cody was going to have no friends, and they had that big brawl in backstage area, and you know the guys that were helping him out were MJF, Dustin, and DDP. Well, tonight he was talking about um, how Dustin wasn't available. And how Brandy was doing this stuff with um, Kong. And he was talking about the about uh, MJF turning, turning his back on him. And all that is true. But last week, right. DDP got his ass kicked by Wardlow, who's, also, who's, with, um, who's with MJF. And he didn't say a damn thing about DDP. And then he didn't say anything. Any, yeah, he did. No, he didn't. He, he, yeah, he did. There was... Oh no, you're right. You're right. He didn't. It was uh, uh, it. It was on the list. The lexicon of Le Champion, right? Was Diamond Dallas Page? Okay, I knew I heard Diamond Dallas Page at some point. But you're right. You know, and that's another and, thing and, that and, we and, 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 and you know, even if we don't want to don't want to talk about the guys that he's been teaming with in AEW. He also didn't mention the Young Bucks. He didn't mention Page. He didn't mention um, Omega. Cody. Yeah. He threw the bucks under the rug. That was his first statement. He reached out for the guys that were his friends, and his brother is teaming with the bucks in this blood feud against uh, Proud and Powerful. That was the first thing he said was his brother and the bucks. I didn't remember him mentioning the bucks. I thought he just said his brother's in some kind of stupid six man or something. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, with I didn't, the bucks. I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, 
I didn't think he specifically ever said the box was my point. No, he did. He, yeah, okay. he did. He okay. that was because that was one that was one of those moments where I, I went, Jesus, really? We're gonna bury all your friends? Yeah. So I, I thought it was weird he didn't mention Page after you know after last week's Page versus Wardlow thing. Yeah, he didn't mention Page, and he also didn't. You're right. He didn't mention Omega, but he really went out of his way to separate himself from the people that he's been associated with the the closest because right. since he's been in AEW you know we all know his friendship with the bucks his brother his um you know MJF his his wife but has Kenny really been on screen a friend of Cody's probably Kenny's not. teamed with the, he, Kenny's teamed with the bucks Kenny's done his own stuff against Mo, against Moxley and pack but he has never really interacted with cody right. where the other guys have you know everyone else has so it was kind of it, it, to me it was okay that he really didn't mention kenny because even people that are smart fans um know that he and kenny have a very um shattered past very interesting relationship <laughs> yeah that that's one good way to put it yeah so you know, I was I was okay with that. I you know the fact that he didn't mention I did. It did click in my head that's like, wait a minute, what about Kenny? I did think that for half a second, but then I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Makes sense why he wouldn't. Yeah, I guess I, I got, like I said, I also don't remember him mentioning the Bucks, but I'll take your word for it that he did. <clears throat> well, there's a replay on right now. <laughs> I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, I've already seen it once. I don't I don't need to watch it again. Oh, I like watching it again. In case I miss something, then I can yell at you about it on Monday. You miss lots of things. I do. Usually in my personal life with women, but that's a whole nother issue. You get trouble finding the hole sometimes, do you? Most times. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, like you said, the, like you said, the main event of this show was basically a throwaway. You know, I I, I really was not into it at all. Well, all it was was a um, way to set up Jericho coming through the audience to end the show. That's really the only the only reason for the match. It, there was nothing that was that stood out. There was no moves that stood out. They looked sloppy. They looked like they have zero chemistry together. That spot where he, where um, Moxley goes for that paradigm shift. But he's doing it into the ropes. Where was that supposed to go? Was he supposed to DDT him through the ropes? It made no sense. And then to have um, uh, Joey Janela come out with this really weird-looking spinning DDT over the ropes where Moxley just kind of crumpled and didn't really look like he got played. It was just a weird moment that looked like they did not have any kind of chemistry at all. You know, for when they had the fight, for, was it, no, Fighter Fest, I was so, you know, I was praising them for having that raised ramp and how, how, how excited I was for it. Ever since right. then, the shows they've had the raised ramps on have not really been... Used the raised ways. ramps? They have not really used them very well. I mean, the, the one time that, that it really came into play since then was an accident when Cody got busted open against Jericho. And he's still sporting that scar that they talk about. 
that's going to be a nasty. That's going to be a nasty. That's going to be one of those Steve Austin type scars, where it's going to end up being a part of who he is. And that's okay. Yeah, and it, yeah, it is. But it, it, it's because it was kind of an accident the way that it happened. It, it's. I, I I remember one time listening to Austin, and they were talking about the scar on his lip and how do you get it and everything. He goes, "It was an accident." You know, there was no cool story to it. It was, eh, it was an accident. And that's kind of the way you're looking at it with Cody now, too. He's going to have this really cool scar that's going to be a part of his, you know, his lexicon for the future. And it's just going to be, oh, it was an accident. I landed It was wrong. an accident, but it was also in a world title main event match. So. <clears throat> that's true. That is true. Where Austin's, I guess, was a car crash or something. But. Right. So I mean I don't do you have anything else on this on this episode? I thought it was I thought the first hour was great. The second hour was uh, uh, I couldn't get into it. I couldn't get anything that happened in the second hour. Um yeah, I mean I I like I said I, I it was kind of a low energy show for me even though there's parts that I liked simply because so many guys that are high probably profile weren't even on the show. Yeah, and Hopefully that's something that they don't continue to do, because I think you're right. I think that really hurt the product, even if I, I you mean, have I mean, them in a I mean, backstage talk- segment. Or yeah, I mean we talked about you know like saving them and not having them on every week, but I think when you have so many guys that are top level stars off in one week, it just really brings down the show. Well, yeah, I mean I, if they had had like I said, if they had had a little spot, you know, just a little pre-produced thing that was shown during the commercial break with Darby Allen. You know, and then maybe another one in a different commercial break with Paige, we wouldn't have noticed it as much. But the fact that, like you said, there were so many of the top stars that weren't even there. Right, and, and you know, I, I ran down earlier the top the, the top five list from from this you know the top five contender list, and only one of those guys wrestled. Yeah, and the other and one no, cut and, another, and, and only one other guy was even on the show at all. And the other guy cut one of the best promos I've heard <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> he you know? did. And he, sh- and he shouldn't even be in that top five contender list. I agree. Because he can't. Con- but and that was another thing, too. And I just I want to say this briefly. That was another thing, too, that was kind of underhanded with him saying, I'll give you whatever you want, whatever it takes to make you wrestle or to make you wrestle me. He opened up a number one contendership match by saying that. These two wrestle, the winner gets a number one contender spot. Now all of a sudden Cody's back in the main event. Cody also set it up by talking about how he never quit and never would have. So it was something that you and I talked about before this match happened where there's going to be some kind of loophole that gets him back into contendership for the title. And he kind of, in this promo, alluded to both of those those little loopholes that could happen. Well, I don't think I don't think that you know just just because MJF <coughs> could be challenging for the for the number one contendership means that Cody would would get that because Cody's prize would be actually getting MJF in the ring. Also, right, but if you, also if you notice the way that Cody phrased it wasn't that if he lost the match at Jericho he would never wrestle for the championship again. It was that if he didn't win. That if he didn't win, he'd never the title. win the championship again. So right, and he and he did say that, but then with his little statement about how I never quit, 
I didn't win the title, but I never quit. No, I know he it, said that. I'm, I'm just saying that I don't see how we can actually worm his way out of it, considering the fact that he that his actual statement wasn't, you know, if I lost, it was if I did not win. Dude, it's wrestling. He just wormed himself out of it by that one <laughs> statement. <laughs> that was the opening that he gets to to say, hey, you know what? I, I don't suck. I should get another title shot. That was that was his opening. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be a lot more okay with it if it was somebody you know if it was to the point where you know whoever was the champion was just like begging for him to for him to get it for him to get the title shot. So. Now, did he did he say he would never get a title shot again or another title shot as long as Jericho was champ? Never get another title shot again. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, regardless. We'll hit the plugs. Yeah, a uh, few things. Uh, one I didn't hit on Monday, uh, and of course our Monday show, Kingdom of Honor. Listen to it right here on Lords of Pain Radio. It's also on YouTube, uh, YouTube.com/slash Kingdom of Honor. You can hear that show. You can hear this show. You can hear anything that we do. Kind of specialized that we just kind of are bored, so we throw stuff up. Um, again, YouTube.com/slash Kingdom of Honor. Go there, like everything, subscribe to it. It helps us out in the end, and eventually we can do live shows on it if, you, if we get enough subscribers. Uh, Patreon, another place you can listen to this show and also our Monday show. Uh, you can uh, just patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. I put these up for free for a limited time until we get, you know, five episodes. I try to keep five free at a time before they move to our archives. And you can really, really help us out on a personal level by donating. And we do give you things for donating. We give you our archives, which go back to 2000, what, 2014, 15, something like that, uh, where we've done a lot of shows over time and they're all in our archives. And we do also give you exclusive content. We try to pump one out a week, um, usually Monday nights. I usually have it up Monday nights. This week we're actually doing it tomorrow. And we talk about God, all kinds of things. Uh, we talk about uh, our Desert Island series, which is we break down one wrestler's career. We're currently breaking down all, all of the old ECW super shows and pay-per-views. We also talk about jessica jones series two so we talk a lot about marvel we talk a lot about um you know wrestling we talk about music we talk about everything these are all exclusive shows that you can only get at patreon.com slash kingdom of honor and of course our twitters i'm at Reggie co-op he's at zanman lop and you can reach us the best by going to hashtag dad and hashtag koh and like Jeff said, all, every every show on LOP Radio is actually available on the Lords of Pain YouTube channel. Tomorrow is, make sure you stay tuned to all the, all the LOP Radio shows. Tomorrow is Imps LOP Radio Adventure. Today was actually Sports Entertainment is Dead, where, where Plan and Ms. Fan talked about Takeshi Morishima versus, Daniel, versus Brian Danielson from uh, Manhattan Mayhem 2000. Four, maybe 2005 um, so that that'd be a fun listen um, tomorrow is the right side of the pond and then Jeff and I will be back with you next week on Kingdom of Honor where we're, where we're still have no idea what we're, t- what we're talking about so <laughs> it's always fun we'll figure it out we got 
we got a lot of stuff. I've been kept getting caught up on NWA Power. There's going to be some thoughts on that because it's weird. Um, I just I'm caught up on MLW, so we'll get some of that on there. Of course, there's always going to be AEW talk and just random stuff because we like to call it an ADD show because we are all over the map. We are. Um, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. Until then, this is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying. Goodbye. G1 Climax 27. Goodbye. And good night.